0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Today's program is brought to you by Egg Restaurant, located at 109 North 3rd Street in Brooklyn, New York. For more information, visit eggrestaurant.com.
2: Hi, this is Cecilia Kutcher, host of Animal Instinct, and you are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more.
1: So you don't charm the devil with your rock and roll
3: are you on over there welcome back you know your mic's not live welcome to the speakeasy my name is southern teague and i'm here with
4: damon bolting there we go
3: <laughs> we today's are, the
4: day buddy today <laughs> is the day man. man we sorry for the late start today we uh it's you know it's it's one hell of a day it's right
3: an historic day
4: uh a historic or an historic yeah i don't know <laughs> um <laughs> Well, we've just been, uh, we're, we're 30 minutes late to uh, broadcast live because we've been uh, trying okay. to uh, oh. console our, uh, our 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 souls here with uh, lots lots of meat and pizza and, and beer. Pizza. My God. So where were you last night when the shit went down?
3: I was at, you know, that little joint that I love so much, the French Diner, right down the street oh, from yeah. my apartment.
4: Your, your pop-up that you did
3: yeah, like the, a couple months ago. My residency. Um, they have a little TV that they'll pull out for big events. This was certainly a big event Mm -hmm. The entire room was kind of there together Um bunch of strangers, but you know together and we watched You know pretty much shock and awe horror. I don't know. It was not good It should have been last week, you know for halloween. Yeah, (laughs) I can't you know keep waiting for something It's like is this one of the cold starts for for saturday night live. It's really realistic, right?
4: (laughs) yeah, man It's, um, it's a very gray day in many ways. Man. I, you know,
3: yeah, I couldn't stay till the end. Um, or, you know, for all the votes to be tallied, I, I walked out, I went home, and went to bed, and and hoped that I would wake up to better news. Right.
4: Same here, man. I was at uh, the the uh, New York Bar Institute all day. You were there, actually.
3: I had, I yesterday. delivered a a talk in the morning, at ten a.m. Oof, and. Uh, And then bounced around for a while But we just missed each other I left around one You got there around one
4: Yeah I got there at one I was working with Brooklyn Gin Doing tasting rooms And like Popping around Saying hi to a bunch of people And after that Like My good friend uh, Amanda Womack Who lives out in uh, San Francisco She works for Anchor Distilling uh, She was in town And we popped over to uh, Giuseppe's Bar The uh, Suffolk Arms Mm -hmm. And that's where the uh, The election coverage started And I was like You know what man I got a bad feeling about all this. I'm just going to go to my bar. So we went back to uh, grand army and hung out there. And I, again, same thing. I didn't make it to the end, man. I, I, I was like, Couldn't do it. you know, several daiquiris in
3: now the buddy who predicted, he said, he said when the Cubs won, he said, Trump's going to win. He said that the prediction the from back to the back future,
4: to the future is off by one year. Yeah, Biff Instead of uh, Biff.
3: Trump. But yeah, same thing. Yeah. I don't know, man, this is a, it's a weird day. It's dark weird... day and some dark times ahead. I assume. Well, but let's talk about better things. Yeah, you, let's talk about something else. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah We're both, both of us are promising to hang signs on the front of our bars tonight that say, let's talk about something else. <laughs> I, I might change my sign. Let's talk about anything else. Anything else, yeah. So let's talk about something else. Um, <clears throat> you went to Portland last week.
4: I was in Portland last week, Portland, oh, Oregon. Um, I was out there doing some consulting, some classes. Um, you know what, man? Last time I was in... Portland, Oregon was about four years ago for uh, the Portland Bar, uh, for Portland Cocktail Week,
3: rather. Right, which is now Bar Institute, which is a traveling show, right. and it's here in New York this week. Right, exactly. And, uh, man, I, Portland is an amazing
4: city. It's really a cool. really, really amazing city. And it's, it's cool to see, you know, just over like a four-year period, even a, hell, a year period, how much uh, a city can evolve as far as like its
3: food and beverage uh, community and industry, and it's it's Portland's crazy, man. It's really yeah, very close knit town, and I think it's it's one of those towns that feels authentic because it's it's able to make fun of itself and you know Port, <laughs> Portlandia or whatever. Sure, but like, sure. It's a town that that can take its own hits, you know.
4: Yeah, but I mean, like, it's it's one of those. I don't know. There's they kind of like. To me, like the way I understand it, the what they kind of like put their own pressure on themselves. There's not like it's not like New York City or like San Francisco or, or L.A. where it's like there's all this pressure coming from. They, they created their own thing, like food and beverage. You know, obviously they have like a lot of like breweries and distilleries and now distilleries, but wineries in mm-hmm. the past. And but as far as like the actual industry goes and like the eyes that are on them, they kind of like they. It's very unique because they kind of put their they put the pressure on themselves, man. Yeah. And that's really cool. And like you know, like I was hanging out with my buddies at uh, Bull in China who make like awesome Love their stuff. Barwares, mixing glass and stuff. And you know, they're just they're just driven because they have the time and the space and the the desire to do that. You know, they don't have to. They yeah. don't have to be doing this. Like here, you know, in New York City we're so used to the hustle. The rat like, race. You gotta do it. You gotta do all this all these different things. But like you know, went to the Arya Gin Distillery and, like,
3: you know, like it, aviation. like the, the, There's so many... They're pushing them. It's self-motivation. Yeah, whereas, exactly. whereas here, here a lot of our motivation comes from... From... <laughs> you have to. It's need. Yeah. Yeah, over there, it's more like, hey, I want to. Exactly. And that's really refreshing to me. Yeah, yeah. It's a great difference of mentality. Yeah. You were just in San Diego, right? I was, just for one day. It was a crazy trip. Uh, one day. Yeah, it was 30 hours. Um, so, you know... And a lot of that was in the air, going there and back. But I was hanging out with Eric Castro. You're, yeah, you know Eric of uh, at his place, Polite Provisions, and we were kind of having an unofficial launch party um, for uh, a new flavor of bitters from Scrappy's Bitters. That uh, mm-hmm. Eric, myself, and Austin Henley, um, formerly of Amore Margot, we all worked on a, a we collaborated on a flavor, and it's called Polite Amore. So, uh, what's that about, man? It is um, ginger hibiscus with some notes of orange and peppercorn. It's really light and bright and delicious, and um, um, they have five cases are on, on their way to Amore Margo now, and I think about the same amount's on its way to polite provisions. I think what we're going to do is sell it just at the two venues for a little while, and then it'll, na- it'll go national. I'm not sure how it's going to work, yeah, but it's, it's work. really tasty, and it's cool. So Austin's moving away to uh, Costa Rica, so right. we wanted to have like a little launch party before he left, and he was already in California on route to Costa Rica, so we thought, well, let's do it over there. Nice. So I jumped the plane hung out in San Diego for a day, ate some delicious Mexican food. Yeah. Like, why is Mexican food such a missing element here in New York City? I don't know. Like, it's... it's it's, it's, it's There are lots of Mexican people here. Where's the food? I know. It's... It's... It's mind-numbing. It's, it's mind-numbing. And it's a thing that New Yorkers lament all the time. Well, you know what, actually... <clears throat> so I had four meals in 30 hours, and they were all Mexican food. That's amazing.
4: Well, <laughs> you know, other thing, everything's so fucking expensive here. That, like, you know, Mexican food should not be...
3: Expensive. Right. I mean tacos should not be how much how much did you pay for a taco? Exactly we got a taco huge fish Baja style fried fish taco for a dollar seventy five. Wow. Like
4: I couldn't believe it. I bet your Topo Chico probably costs more than that.
3: <laughs> probably
4: yeah, we had Jorritos. Okay. yeah. Um yeah. Mineragua.
3: <clears throat> Mineragua.
4: Man, that's that's the thing I really miss about like being like in the southwest and in on the west coast is all the awesome tacos and like Wait, so, wait, did you... Okay, so we're talking about the, uh, the scrappy spitters that you guys developed. Mm-hmm. So, what what is your, like, desired application, like, as far as cocktail goes for that? I mean, like,
3: you said that it's peppercorn and... The, the lower notes are definitely pepper... It's, um, <clears throat> it's a gentian bitter, so it's bitter from, you know, floral notes. The lower notes are peppercorn and orange, but the higher notes in there are hibiscus and ginger, and the ginger is really sort of you know sharp and biting um so you know i think it's more refreshing style cocktails lighter cocktails um of course that are more we don't use any juices so this is a good way to get that sort of refreshing note into some cocktails we collaborated with Nova Fogo cachaça out there at polite provisions and made a cocktail with them on the menu um and we did a mori margo style we didn't do anything we don't normally do so no juice no sugar nothing shaken for that night um, it's delicious stuff. I'm excited to have it on the bar at Amor as soon as it gets here. I'm excited to sell it to people. It's really—it was a fun project. I'm stoked. I can't wait to try it, man. Dude, yeah, I'll bring a bottle next week. Well, I'll bring a bottle as soon as it comes in. Yeah. Thanks. Nice. Um, so, what was? Did you
4: use? I mean, you obviously used this bitter in some of the cocktails.
3: Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah. And so it was Novofogo, Fogo, Cachaça. We did um, Aperol, Amaro Montenegro, and. Um, and the, and the bitter is sort of like a Negroni build um, with a grapefruit twist, so it really heightened that sort of like citrusy, floral element because, you know, hibiscus is also a flower, gentian, it's right. a bittering flower. And then that sharp like, little ginger pinch on the end of it, so it's nice, bright, refreshing. Oh. Uh, we stirred it and served it over the rocks, but I could e- easily see maybe building that drink in a Collins glass and, and putting some bubbly water in it, too.
4: Also, sounds great.
3: <laughs> so, like, you, were, you, were, you said you
4: were only there for 30 hours. I mean, like, did
3: Ish, you? Ish. Didn't, I didn't really count them up, but yeah, I flew over on Halloween, which sucked. I really like Halloween, and I was on a plane for Halloween. I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> and people were like, You should dress up anyway. I was like, I don't feel like the TSA would be happy. <laughs> yeah, seriously, man. <laughs> I should have dressed like a TSA guy. <laughs> Maybe that'd get me through the line faster. Yeah, probably. I don't, I don't think about that from now on, anyway. <laughs> Normal days. Uh, we got to get those blue gloves. So, yeah, I was flying (laughs) on Halloween proper. I get there, hung out with um, my buddy Chris Keach, who works for Jägermeister. He picked me up from the airport and got some of that delicious Mexican food. We walked around on the beach, uh, found a sand dollar. Pretty cool. (laughs) Um, Like, literally, right when we walked on the beach. And um, then set up at Polite, which is a gorgeous bar. Uh, Hung out with Eric and went and did an episode of his show. He has a a weekly broadcast. Broadcast? What, What is it when you're on... Screen. I think that they broadcast. It's the same, right? It works. <laughs> so yeah, he has a video broadcast every week called Bartender at Large. Um so we did an episode of that, me and Austin and Eric uh in his studio and then uh, and then we did the event. It was great fun. And then basically I flew back. So it was really in and out trip. Yeah. Not as relaxing as your four days in Portland. Uh, they were I mean it that was
4: working. It was <laughs>
3: Work. Hanging out with Alex Day and Jeff Morgenthaler. I know. Yeah,
4: that was really cool. I was uh, I was hanging on the Ace Hotel, the lobby, and uh, I see this this blonde dude walk past me twice, and I was like, I text him. I'm like, Hey, are you you in Portland, Oregon? And you just walked past me twice in the Ace Hotel. And it name's Alex Day, <laughs> and uh, he's like, Holy shit! I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't tell if that was you or not. Anyway, we got to go to. Uh, the Clycom and uh my first time there and oh. uh hung out with Alex and uh, a bunch of other people. Jeff Jeff Seymour who's Banjo, the, was Banjo there? Banjo was there, yeah. And uh it was my first time there and I just man, that bar is really I mean, Jeff's been on the show before but we had never actually met. Uh he did a phone interview uh last year I think it was last year when the book came out, uh the bar book. And um yeah, we finally got to meet and got to hang out at this bar, and I I get it. I get why people love that bar so much. Yeah, it's a, like, it's not like this exclusive, like, underground behind, like, like no. you know, a doorman. It's like big it's, a giant it's,
3: window right there to the sidewalk. Like,
4: yeah, it's like open, airy, light, bright. Like,
3: yeah. It's, it's, Let's, it's you know, just really inviting, and pol- it's, it's a good bar to hang out in. Polite Provisions was a lot like that, you know, and it was high ceiling half the bar's ceiling is a, a a sun roof big windows like bright and airy i think it just must be the west coast also yeah. you know i we, mean you're we just cram everything into whatever nook we can here in new york that is true that is yeah that
4: makes when you say it that way it actually makes more sense that we have so many like dark yeah you know like just really
3: Like, like literally, we just crown. You know, we have to. Yeah, like, more is a hole in the wall. Like, it's yeah. But you have (laughs) windows all over the. Do you have a window? Yeah. I mean, it's filled with shelves that are full of retail stuff, so you can't really see through the window. But it's it's a big window. That's fine. Yeah. You have light. get some light before the sun goes down. And I mean, you know, like Mother
4: Pearl has windows on uh, like a good portion of the the facade. I think it's like. I mean, like, in, like with Grand Army, it's like we made sure that we had a lot of windows, so we could have a lot of natural light and to keep it airy and light and whatnot and inviting. You know, it just naturally is inviting. I think that that's something. Yeah, you're right. We don't get a lot of that in New York City. It's just how the real estate works. Yeah, I mean, and the rent is too damn high. The rent is too damn high. Um, well, so what? <laughs> what? <would, laughs> When you're on an airplane, what's your what's your go-to drink? I, for whatever reason, it's a
3: thing that I don't really drink on the ground. I mean, we know about shower truths. <laughs> shower Uh Yes, we know about shower truths, and we know <laughs> that I drink an Underberg right when I wake up every day. Um, I drink uh, scotch. I ask for whatever scotch they have. I don't care. So I always <laughs> I always order a beer. Typically, whatever you know, frosty cold as they as they are on planes. That's not very flavorful beer And I always get scotch Scotch is my airplane drink Uh,
4: When you're ordering rounds of drinks On the airplane, how many do you order at a time? I always order a
3: beer and two Of those little bottles of scotch (laughs) (laughs) At a time And depending obviously on how long the flight is I have plenty of those Yeah, I don't really like to fly We've talked about this before I don't really like to travel I have lived all over the place But I prefer to just stay where I live
4: Really? I love flying
3: I I You flew first class this time.
4: I, something like that. But the thing is <laughs> No, I mean like the uh the uh I I don't know, like my favorite bar is like in the sky, you know? Like I I love sitting next to strangers and as, even if they're like even if that stranger's like some screaming kid or some like old timer telling me awesome stories like I I, I just love the fact that, and I have vertigo, like, I have really bad vertigo, like, oh. so heights are not good for me, like, if I, like, when I'm changing the light bulbs outside of the bar, like, on top of a ladder, like, I start getting dizzy, and, like, I can't, Who knew? yeah, it's weird, but when I'm in a plane, it's you different. sit in the aisle or the window? I usually sit in the aisle because, yeah, long legs. because I'm drinking a lot, and I have to go to the bathroom <laughs> all the time, um, anyway, no, nah, I'm usually, I'm a gin and tonic guy on the plane.
3: Oh yeah? yeah refreshing, man. bright, kind of a Yeah. I th- I think I just you know, I don't understand the people who try and drink cocktails on a plane. It's not I think it's just don't take that risk. Just just get something neater, yeah, maybe with some tonic. Something that you know that's not gonna Yeah man. And a can of beer.
4: See, okay. I the the beer thing okay. <laughs> But,
3: but we're both drinking a can of beer right now.
4: Well, I know, but we're not. We're in a studio. We're not in an airplane. The thing is with beer <clears throat> on planes is that I feel like I have to pee a lot more. Uh right. So, I mean, I'm always in the aisle, but it doesn't matter. Like, like of course, like the one time that I get like stuck in a window seat, I'm going to like decide it's a good idea to start drinking beer on the flight. But I was on a flight back from uh, Amsterdam a few years back, and, of course, like their – you know, Heineken was – The beer on the plane And uh Everything's branded It was I was sitting next to this couple And the guy was drinking beer And I was like It's like yeah We You know Struck up this conversation And it was like You know what dude I'm gonna drink a Heineken too So I started drinking beer On this flight And I'm in the aisle Next to these two people And Just foolishly I've got it like Just hanging out Like on my my tray table, and every time we hit turbulence, the beer would just like flip over into my lap in my crotch, and like Perfect. I would pick. So like this happened uh, like more times than I should even admit because you <laughs> should know by Once like, burned lesson learned. Yeah, you know by trial and error that this was a bad idea. and I just let it happen about. Five times, <laughs> and so like I had like I think and, and that like for like the like for like the uh, like six hour flight I probably had like I had ordered eight beers and I probably only like, got to drink like two of them. <laughs> and I was wearing the rest of them. Yikes! It was terrible.
3: Yeah, the plane ate one of my phones. Um, I oh man! Spilled a spilled one of those aforementioned bottles of scotch all over the whole thing. Oh shit! Well, dude.
4: Okay, so you were just teaching a class at uh, the, Bar the Bar Institute, yeah? And uh, like, you know, let's let's bring in our guest today. We, oh, we
3: should have a guest. We should have a guest. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Lindsey just showed up. Hi. Hey. Hi. <laughs> I'm speaking of the Bar Institute, welcome.
3: Hi. Yeah, thank t- you. Yeah, I taught a class. It's a long title. It's the best part of my class is that you just say the title twice, and the class is over. The <laughs> psychology of the room: how to use inherent human behavior to manipulate people through their time in your space. Is it
2: surprising at all to you that that's the name Southern Picked? Not at all. (laughs) It's one of our most popular classes uh, Uh, Thanks for a lot of reasons.
3: Well, thank you. Uh, So, Lindsay, (laughs) uh, we've been just sort of chatting, waiting for you to get here. Thank Thank you. You You were stuck in traffic. We had issues getting the show off the ground in the first place. No big deal. You're here. We're here. Mm. We all survived last night. We've already gone over that. Yeah. (laughs) So let's talk about you real quick. Sure. where do you live? In an airplane?
2: Oh, I mostly live in an airplane, but- we just
3: talking about drinking on airplanes. W-
2: Perfect. Well, you know, I, I typically don't drink on the airplane because I have to drink so much when I get on the ground, Right. Uh, but but I am on an airplane most of the time. Um, I am from New York originally. Mm-hmm. Uh, my whole family's here and I love New York. I mm-hmm. uh, just bought a house in Kentucky though, so I do, I'm spending a little bit of time in Kentucky too. Yeah. Nice. Yeah.
3: And you are the mastermind behind Lush Life Productions. Tell the audience what that is.
2: For lack of a better term, we're really a bartender advocacy agency. My job is to make sure that bartenders have all of the things they need and want. Um, So making sure that there's education readily available, making sure there are networking opportunities that are readily available. We don't have, like a lot of other industries, we don't have... Schools set up and designed just for us, um, particularly in the very hospitality and service driven portion of the industry that, that we all sort of operate and live in. Um, so, so much of what I do is dedicated to making sure that we have the ability to share the wisdom and brilliance from people like you, too, um, with the next generation of bartenders out there.
3: Awesome. And you do that through things like Bar Institute, which you can probably describe better than we have.
2: I don't know about that. Um, Bar Institute is um, our newest program. Um, It was born out of Portland Cocktail Week, which was an event that we started six years ago. Um, And Portland Cocktail Week started out as kind of like a regular cocktail festival, just like a lot of the other ones that exist all over the U.S. Um, But as it evolved and as we were spending time with it, uh, the last thing I wanted was another excuse for people to get together and just have a party. Um, We've got plenty of those. We can have a party here right now actually we're doing, but it. We're doing, we're doing it right doing it. now yeah. so
3: we're drinking beers
2: exactly so you know you can it, that that really wasn't all that compelling to me and wasn't really meeting or achieving any of the bigger goals that we had um, so we really looked at it and we thought about how we could make Education, the the center of something, in a way that was maybe a little less focused on tasting, a little less focused on brands, and a little bit more focused on how we can get better at doing our jobs. Um, and when we had that realization about three years ago, the the program went to something that about. I would say 750 to 1,000 people went to, to a program that 5,000 people showed up for in Portland last year, um, which is a really great problem to have, but unfortunately is a problem. Um, I couldn't accommodate 5,000 people. Um, so we looked at, okay, how do we do this? How do we make sure that all of these people who want this education can get it? Um, and the answer to me was pretty simple. Let's bring it to the people. Let's go to them as much as we can. So this year we split the program up into six cities, uh, the last stop being here in New York, uh, which we are right in the middle yeah. of at the moment. And it's so nice to be able to come home and do a program like this. Mm-hmm. Um but we did them all over the country this year. We're going to be doing them again. Uh, we'll be doing in five cities next year. Um, one, what, We're actually going to go to Canada for one of the stops next year, which I'm really excited about, too. A lot of people
3: going to Canada and, today.
2: Well, you know, yeah. it, seems like, <laughs> it seems only appropriate to say that we are going to be doing a stop in Canada coming up. Um, but we'll, we'll still be here in the U.S. New York and Portland will always be sort of our fixed points, and we'll be... Kind of orbiting around the rest of the U.S. to make sure that we're we're answering the, the needs and demands of the community.
3: That's awesome, and that's it's crazy that it jumped fivefold. It, um,
2: I think it was as simple as saying, "Hey guys, what we care about is making sure you get better at your job and giving you the tools and resources to do the job the way that you want to." Um, you know, there's there's a lot to be said for getting to spend an hour to listen to you talk about the psychology of the room. That that's a it's it's a, it's a big deal. For a lot of folks. It's
3: a big deal. Damon you hear that? Yeah, man. I
4: wish I would have been there, but it was like <laughs> a little 10, earlier than
3: <laughs> Ten AM. Hey, you know, I was ten AM on election day and yeah. I still had a full room. So Exactly. I, she's right. They're hungry for education and you're you're That's feeding good, yeah. them. That's great.
2: Uh, there there's just so many there's so many experts that, that I'm so lucky to have access to that you I count my friends, you know, you guys certainly included. Um, it, it seems selfish of me to keep all of your brilliance to myself. Oh. gotta share it, you know oh.
4: you came late, but you came strong with your compliments,
3: <laughs> yeah, you did <laughs> um well, let's talk about some of your other programs sure. as well um cane camp launched is it in its second year already?
2: This will be our third year coming up at the cow. end of June, oh, yeah, wow. yeah, I, I didn't realize that. I know well time, time flies. Camp Runamuck is going into its sixth year, and Camp Runamuck is my favorite thing that I think I've ever done as a person, uh, because it, it en- encompasses and embodies all of the, the the ethos that I've been collecting since I was you know 15 and really into punk rock. Right, uh, <laughs> I get to bring people out into the woods, and we get to uh, we get to get really excited about being together and creating a community. Um, uh, you know, I'm a really big believer in in giving people the ability to connect and create. Um, really meaningful relationships that that grow into sort of this larger community, um, and it, nothing, it, no relationships, no community is more evident to me. At least when I I walk into a room as as, as those that are built at Camp Run Um, you know, so much of the program is absolutely focused on going and learning about whiskey. Certainly, we do that. We go to you know, so six just, distilleries. Yeah,
3: let's just drop that in real fast. Yeah. So, Camp Run is a camp yeah. for bartenders mm-hmm. in Kentucky. It's a week long, and I've been to one. And we, have you been? No, I haven't yet. Oh my gosh. Gotta come out. It's quite an experience. Um, <laughs> we all go down. We stay at an actual child summer camp mm-hmm. that you've taken over for the week. Mm-hmm. And and we actually, there's volunteer day at the end where we do some repairs and make the place better than we found it, which is awesome. And
2: You wouldn't believe the difference we, between the way that camp looked five years ago and the way it looks today. Yeah. It's, it's It looks brand new, comparatively.
3: Yeah. And so then we all come down, and we all get to go on all these educational trips to all the local distillers, which are plentiful down there. We go exactly. to cooperages, et cetera. Uh, so, it's, again, it's another educational experience. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a community building slash bonding experience because exactly. you're a week in the woods with a bunch of people you don't know.
2: Yeah, and the way we look at it is Bar Institute, it, everything that we do, the, the two main pillars are community building and education. And Bar Institute… Education is number one. Community building is number two. And at Camp Runamuck, we switch those. Um, certainly, there's plenty of education. Um, and certainly, you get to see how whiskey is made with your own hands. And actually, we, at some of the distilleries, you actually get to physically make whiskey that goes in a barrel that the next campers get to taste the next year, which is really cool. Um, but really, what it's about, more than anything else, is making sure that we make those connections and we make those bonds so that we can grow as a community and and really create those um those those ways to share information because essentially when you have the community you can flow information back and forth and that education becomes much easier
3: yeah, right. yeah. and then <clears throat> just a few years ago now you started Cane Camp right. which is a similar model Yes. But it's in Puerto, Puerto Rico, Rico, yeah. So it's rum, ah, rum driven. I want to go to that?
2: One. Oh yeah. <laughs> is that the it one for you? Is, oh, <laughs>
4: yeah. I want to go to both. Okay, yeah.
3: you what? should, man. I I gotta tell you, it was life altering for me to go to Camp. Rum. I'm not being hyperbole at all. Do a, let's do a show from uh, King Camp. All right.
2: There we go. I love it. Yeah, King Camp is so. King Camp was was born out of it uh, my calendar, right? Uh, was was born out of uh, two of my my very good friends who, who who work in Puerto Rican rum, coming to me and saying, you know, it's really great that you're doing all this work for for kentucky and for american whiskey of which they are both big fans Uh, but we really think you should bring people to our island and meet our friends and and show them what puerto rican hospitality looks like um we're really proud of the spirits we make down there um and it's you know it it at first i was like "Mm, you know do we want to go down and and, you know camp run is so perfect could we do one that we're as excited about and 10 minutes in puerto rico and i knew it was going to be incredible, uh, and not just because the beaches and not just be, you know, doesn't obviously hurt. it yeah, doesn't hurt. <laughs> obviously, the doesn't scenic hurt. beauty in Kentucky
3: isn't hurting King Camp either. It is
2: beautiful it, down it is, there. It is the the knobs and the hills are just stunning down in Kentucky. Uh, but it's it, it, it's really about the community down there, and um, you know, I've been so lucky to get to know the bartenders and the bartending community in in San Juan. We're actually. Planning on doing a bar institute down there next year as well. Cool. Um, if only because I am completely obsessed and in love with the community down there. Watching them build something out of out of nothing in, in bars that have no running water, you know, it, it really it, to to be on the list of world's best bars and not have running water in your bar is pretty incredible. So yeah. way to go, La Factoria. I love you guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you know they're they're really uh, some incredible people down there, and we've been really fortunate to get to work with them and, and our our friends at Don Q uh, have. Who bring us down there? Um, really have shown us, you know, what that that hospitality, Puerto Rican hospitality, is all about. So it's been it's been really great getting to do that program. We have another one, Juniper Harvest, that we do up in Wisconsin, uh, where we learn about gin. Uh, with with our friends at Death Door, and then uh, next up, we're we're going to be, I think, well, I'm knocking on the wood here. Uh, if all goes well, we'll be adding cognac uh, to oh, our our I'm list so of
3: camps. Yeah.
2: Um We're, we're I working on love that. Cognac. I I think this is the first time I'm publicly telling people that, but wow. <laughs> we're we're planning on doing a cognac Camp next. I'm really excited. Hot yeah. off the presses. That sounds wanna, awesome.
4: I want to go to all those things, um, Lindsay, I, You know, I know you're. Uh, you don't have enough things to do, uh, you know, in life. But uh, <laughs> can you can you uh, give our listeners the information uh, to where they can find? All absolutely, your things. Absolutely. Website.
2: Yeah, um, the, the easiest way to find out about Bar Institute is to go to thebarinstitute.org. Uh, you'll be able to check up on where we're going to be next year and what our class schedules look like. Um, CampRunamuck.org does the same thing, but more contents over on uh, Facebook slash Camp mm-hmm. Um Same thing for King Camp, Facebook slash Kane Camp. Um, and yeah, you can you can find me at uh, Live the Lush Life on uh, Twitter and which I barely use anymore, uh, Instagram, and uh, also over there on Facebook as myself, Lindsay Johnson.
3: Yeah. 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 You're the best. <laughs> you're really awesome. You're you're really sort of kind of a powerhouse in in sort of. I, f- I feel like every day we open up the doors at our bar and we host people and we show them a good time. But your everyday job is to show all of us in the industry a good time.
2: So, like, you're, you're, you
3: you host the hosts.
2: And you guys, well, you guys deserve it. So, I'm glad to do it. Glad to be here.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm I'm glad we get to chat for even, albeit a very short period of time, but uh, thanks for coming in the studio. Next time, let's, uh, 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 next time in your town, let's do this again.
2: Yes. And yeah, next next time. If you can
4: carve out some time.
2: uh, I always have time for you guys, and and hopefully, next time is not uh, a day like today. Right. (laughs) It's a rough day. It's a
3: rough day for all of us. Yeah.
2: So yeah. we're,
3: we're getting through
4: it though. We are, and it's it's nice to be in a studio with so many smiling faces. Yes, yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah,
4: um, so de- definitely check out uh, Camp Runnema, King Camp,
3: uh, Live the Lush Life. Uh, Bar Institute oh, Bar Institute I mean, like Juniper Lusa And you- soon to come Cognac something or other We're going to come up With a clever name
2: <laughs> Yeah if you guys Have a clever name please Cognac
3: share. Maniacs I think it's taken We'll, we'll come up with something <laughs> Alright fine
2: <laughs>
4: you've, you've had too many Uniburgs today Shh
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Alright well that's it For the speakies of this week Lindsay thanks so much For coming on Thank we'll
2: you We'll see you next
4: me. time uh, Till next
3: week. Uh, uh, yeah, well, let's talk about that real on. fast. Next week we have um, the Sams, two Sams, Sam Lewington, Sam Penix, uh, the uh, geniuses behind Every Man Espresso, uh, which is uh, was last year, I think, rated number one uh, espresso in the country. That's nothing to laugh yeah. about. Yeah. Uh, pretty Pretty serious about their coffee. These guys are nerding out over grounds um, and then we're going to maybe try and talk them into coming over to Grand Army and doing some coffee inspired cocktails yeah. uh, for a happy hour f- immediately following so they'll be do. on the show live next week at three o'clock all right cool all
4: right that's it for the speakies this week check out Radio network.org for many many more programs like this until next week I'm Damon Bolton. my
3: name is Southern Teague. all right cheers guys cheers guys
1: so you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll This program is brought to you by Egg Restaurant. For over 10 years, Egg has focused on making the best breakfasts in New York, with a menu that combines southern inflected classics like biscuit, grits, and country ham, with dishes like duck hash, chorizo, and eggs, pancakes dripping with Vermont maple syrup, and more vegetables than you ever dreamed of eating before noon. But what gets them up every morning at Egg is something different. It's the chance to improve everything they encounter. The lives of the people who work with them, the lives of their customers, the health of their local economy, and the soil their food is grown in. Their interest in food goes way beyond what they put on your plate. Food touches on everything they care about. Flavor, health, social justice, art and literature, agriculture and ecology. It's one of the reasons Egg Restaurant is so happy to support Heritage Radio, who digs into everything that matters every week. For more information, visit eggrestaurant.com.